Yeah, I would say don't be scared. Don't be scared to take that leap. Um, you know, you're going to fail a lot in the beginning. Don't be discouraged with that. Especially if you're, you know, uh, if you're trying to do something that um, is pretty big, you know, uh, starting a boat company is, is not small. Um, so uh, we, you're going to fail a lot of times getting to that point where you want to be. Um, and even for even a small business, you know, we, we, we help small businesses and nonprofits all the time through uh, Dolomite Consulting. And we do that too. And, you know, I tell my clients, I know it costs a lot of money. I know this is risky, but you got to take that risk and if you're not going to look for that reward. Welcome to The In Factor, conversations with entrepreneurs who started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and today my guest is Matthew Noss. After a 10-year career in the military, Matthew pursued and received his bachelor's degree from the University of Tampa, where he started fostering his entrepreneurial mindset in the Loth Entrepreneurship Center. Since then, he has started companies such as Hussar Yachts, Dolomites Consulting, My City Cowork, and is currently the marketing director at GNP Development Partners, LLC. Listen in as we talk about the challenges of building a boat brand and the lessons he's learned from his experience as a young serial entrepreneur. Matthew, thank you for joining me today on The In Factor. Thank you, Dr. White. It's a pleasure being on your show and uh, yeah, it's great being here. Well, it's always exciting for me to have a student, a University of Tampa student, um, graduate, not, not a student anymore, but a graduate, uh, come back and talk about their entrepreneurial story. Um, it sort of validates a little bit more of my life and what I do when I see you go out and, and have some success. And and so it's really fun and exciting today to have you back. And, uh, and I'm excited to get the chance to share with our listeners a little bit more about your story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I have to tell you, make a quick shout out to the Entrepreneurship Center at UT. Uh, you know, it, it created a great foundation and network of individuals and uh, like-minded entrepreneurs that really kind of just uh, flourish and blossom, you know, what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, when I got out of the army, we'll get to that later on. But uh, yeah, I love uh, UT and what it what it provided for me and uh, where I'm at now. So the incubator program did a great job and love it. Lo love shouting it out and you know giving kudos. Thank you. Well, well, I appreciate it, and I know the whole team there um, again really appreciates that. Um, it's it's always great to hear that we've had an impact on someone's life. So. I'm excited, you know, I know a little bit about your business and your background, but I'm excited to dig in a little bit more and, and also to, again, share your story. So talk to us a little bit, a bit more about Hussar Yachts, uh, which is the company you've, uh, that you're representing and, and uh, that you're, uh, you're a co-founder with, right? And uh, tell us a little bit more about your story. About uh, let's start by talking about the company and what it is, and then let's dig dig into your story a little bit and how you got there. Yep. So Hussar uh, Yachts uh, started uh, in 2019 as really an idea. Um, I'm one of four managing partners. Uh, one of our partners is uh, actually over in uh, Poland. And that's where all of our yachts are made. Um, but it came up as an idea, and I actually have a uh, consulting firm in downtown Tampa that I also founded 
And so I consult businesses. And one of my partner's buddies came out one day and said, hey, I have an idea for this business. And so we sat down, we talked about it. You know, he told me that his uncle in Poland, you know, saw this opportunity and really wanted to see about getting these boats over here to the United States. So after listening to that, you know, I went back, I was doing some research, you know, I don't know too much about boats. You know, the most I have experience is bass boats growing up and fishing. So uh, after um, doing some research, I said, wow, this is, this is a great opportunity. This, is, this looks viable. And um, we kind of got together and said, hey, you know what, let's, uh, let's take the risk. Let's uh, take the leap of faith and see what happens. And so uh, we went over and uh, bought our first few boats and came back here and started doing boat shows. And I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of that whole deal of, you know, boat shows and, and you know, that whole industry. Um, so, yeah, started there and it's quickly grown. Um, you know, we opened up officially right before COVID. So that, that obviously provided challenges, but also it was a great thing too. You know, I think uh, because of COVID and, you know, the supply chain being, uh, you know, interrupted, uh, it allowed us to have a, a lower barrier entry to really get into the market. So, you know, where these other manufacturers couldn't provide boats and deliver boats, we could. And I think that was one of the key factors that really catapulted us into what we are today. Yeah. So that's a great story. I, I love that. Um, you know, you, 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 uh, as you pointed out, the boat, boating industry, um, you know, it's, it's a really interesting one and it's one that actually, did well during during the pandemic because it was something people realized that they could get out on the water with their families or, or whoever was in their close circle and they could actually have a little freedom there that they didn't have otherwise. So um, it's really interesting, you know, the timing of COVID for you and, and, uh, and Hussar. So let's talk about Hussar Yachts a little bit. You, you said it's a Polish company and the name, I think, um, you know, the, you, we started talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but what, tell me a little bit more about the, the company, uh, the, the type of boat, and, and maybe the history of the name and, and where that came from. Yep. So Hussar Yachts, we, we carry four lines officially, um, ranging from 22 feet all the way up to 88 plus feet. Um, we're really excited, actually. We have our first 71-footer. Uh, being finished up and it's going to be delivered uh, hopefully in time for uh, the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. Um, so, yeah, so we manufacture from 22 to 88 feet currently. Uh, Hussar is actually a Polish uh, soldier from the medieval times back in the day. And we thought that was kind of fitting because uh, our main, our main uh, model line that we carry is um, Parker Poland, and we rebranded to Commander. And they actually got their start in military vessels. So uh, we thought it was fitting to kind of tie that in to our name and who we are. So that was really fun to be able to have that. And it's a catchy, catchy name. So obviously, I know you know that people go, you know, we can be mulling over weeks at a time trying to figure out the right name. Uh, so and that did take us some time to do that. <laughs> so I have, as you, as you mentioned, I have something of a background in boating as the, as a board member at Marine Max. And, um, and so, um, I know how, I know, I know something of the challenge of what you're up against, uh, with, with Hussar. And so I'm really curious as you've, 
as you've been building out this company uh, for the last three or four years, um, what, what uh, you know, how has your background prepared you or not prepared you for this, this journey that you're on? Yeah, um, it's a great question. You know, I, I uh, you know, started my journey actually in the Army. I joined the Army um, right before 9-11, I mean, excuse me, right before, um, yeah, 9-11 happened. Yeah, I think, right? Yeah, 2001. It's been a long time. <laughs> uh, so uh, 2001 and then, you know, being deployed over to Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, 30 different plus countries. You know, uh, the Army really created an outstanding foundation to, you know, not only be able to concentrate and focus on things, but to really figure out what I wanted. You know, I was, uh, you know, I got to the point where I became around 30 years old and I felt really fulfilled with what the Army provided me. Know, go out and pursue other endeavors. So I got out of the army. Really, with no, uh, you know, direction on where I was going. But I knew I wanted to, you know, get out there. One, go to school. So I immediately, uh, you know, uh, enrolled into the University of Tampa. And then while I was doing that, I really found my calling and uh, doing business consulting. And that was my incubator company, um, or uh, at UT, and starting consulting. So, uh, and then really just the entrepreneurial, you know, drive that I always had, you know, I, I had a cigar company back in my early twenties, uh, for a few years, uh, with a couple of partners and I always just wanted to build and grow things. And that's really what drives me, you know, day to day is, uh, seeing something grow and build and, you know, being able to provide for customers and others and things of that nature. So. Um, you know, that's kind of how I came to be and, uh, you know, where I'm at, at Hussar now. So. so when you went into the military, did you think anything about entrepreneurship? Because sometimes those are, you know, this career in entrepreneurship, was it, was it what you had in mind eventually or is it something that kind of found its way to you? Kind of found its way to me. Um, you know, I joined the Army when I was 17. So, you know, the directions that I have, I had multiple different directions. I didn't know where I was going. And that's why I say, you know, the Army did provide me a grounded foundation to really move forward on, you know, things that I wanted to pursue. Um, but yeah, it found me, you know, um, I feel like when I started my first company, just a couple of buddies of mine, you know, we, we were 19, 20, uh, and it was a small, uh, promotion company. Uh, promoting music and whatnot. And that's when I first got my first, you know, taste of entrepreneurship. And I'm like, I like this. I like being able to do this. And um, obviously the army and a couple deployments, you know, that put a lot of that stuff on hold. So, you know, and then um, the cigar company came a few years later. We had that for a while. Uh, and then, so, you know, I just had a few companies as I was going along, you know, my, my military journey. And I said, you know, I really like this, but the army's really providing me a lot of a lot of uh, uh, pros, and obviously, uh, you know, it lets me travel the world, which at that time I loved doing. Um, so, you know, I kept it up, and they kept on giving me great assignments. So I kept on re-enlisting, and uh, around 30, they were like, "Listen, you got to re-enlist for, you know, indefinite. Do your 20, or you got to get out." And I'm like, "Well, I think I'm gonna get out." So, <laughs> got out and uh, pursued, uh, you know, where I'm at today. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, residing here in Tampa, we have we have the military base and we actually get uh, a lot of a lot of um, 
you know, veterans like you who uh, are interested in entrepreneurship. And um, a lot of the skills I think that you learn in the military can be really helpful, um, you know, in terms of the discipline and, and building a company and, and sort of, I guess I would say patience maybe, and understanding that, um, you know, it's a journey. Um, you know, and it's, it's not a sprint. It's going, it's going to take some time and it's going to take some hard work. And of course, in the marine industry, the boating industry, that's, that's very true. So talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you've been learning um, in, the, in the boating industry. You know, what, what kinds of lessons, um, you know, have you been learning there? And, and um, how does that help you not only build your company, but maybe continue to work with other entrepreneurs uh, through your consulting company? Yeah. So, well, we, lessons I've learned, I'll tell you what, to be patient. Um, you know, I, I said before, um, you know, I don't really have a voting background. Um, but what I saw with voting in this particular company is the opportunity. And that's really, you know, what entrepreneurship is all about. It's recognizing opportunity and executing on that opportunity, you know, and, um, you know, so I knew that, you know, with my consulting, you know, I've seen hundreds of different businesses and consulted on hundreds of different businesses. So I felt, you know, I may not know the product, but I can learn enough to be able to sell it, you know, and all entrepreneurs, we're all salespeople. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is uh, being patient and basically repeating yourself to multiple dealers time and time again, in and out. You know, and, and, and telling your story and hopefully, you know, uh, it residing with them. And, you know, hopefully we become, you know, start a great relationship, you know, through our dealer network and, and growing that dealer network. So, you know, that lesson being patient, just allowing things to kind of, you know, roll into as it comes. You know, we obviously want to grow very fast. We want to, you know, hyperscale, but we want to do it also to where we're not uh, degrading the quality and our customer service. So, um, you know, seeing that lesson, uh, you know, or learning that lesson uh, has been uh, fun for me throughout this time. Uh, but uh, other lessons, I would say, uh, well, knowing about both, uh, you know, I mean, I know what the bow is, you know, I know that the stern is now. That's a good thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good I, starting point. Yeah. When I first started, I'm like, well, that's the front porch out there and that's the back porch right back there. So <laughs> So, you know, learning the terminology and things of that nature, um, you know, just understanding that there are different voters and there's different means for those voters. And, you know, how can we project our quality, craftsmanship and usage for our boats to these, you know, customers? Because a lot of our boats, they're European style um, and they're a little bit different than what, you know, the American industry is used to. So, you know, that learning curve for, for those customers, you know, we have to develop that. And, you know, that is a, you know, that's the grind right there. You know, that is the grind It's developing that. We have a great product. We know that it's tried and true, it's, you know, uh, sold and uh, manufactured in over 30 different countries. So, um, you know, it's a great product. You know, all four lines are great products. Um, but learning curve and, you know, educating the consumer on these new products and what you can do with them uh, has been, you know, I would say the hurdle of the challenge. But, um, you know, we're getting better at it every day. That's great to hear. So uh, you mentioned that it's a European style. And, and of course, w we saw each other uh, not too long ago at, uh, at the St. Pete, boat, St. Pete, Florida boat show. And, and you mentioned to me before our recording that you're headed to the Sarasota boat show. So 
Boat shows are a place uh, for those of you who are listening and aren't boaters where you can go and check out different different aesthetics and, and different styles of boats. And so I, I got to see your boats. They do have a European look. The aesthetic is different. What else would you say is different about, um, you, you know, the boats that you're selling and and the, the Hussar boats, what what makes them unique? What's what's in that message and that brand that you're selling? Yeah, so uh, in particular, uh, one line that we have, our Scamander line, um, the, all the hulls are vacuum uh, fused and uh, sealed. So basically, the hull's created and then it's vacuum sealed uh, to have to create a really strong light hull. So our boats are lighter than normal. Um, the fuel efficiency is outstanding. We, all of our customers rave about it, um, that they're saving money just in the fuel, fuel savings alone. Um, and so that's the two big, uh, pros, pluses for our boats. Obviously they're styled a little bit different. Um, we are known as the pilot house, uh, line. And that's the, that was a challenge in, in, uh, introducing the pilot house. Uh, a boat into not well, really mainly Florida, and showing the consumer, you know, and educating the consumer on what you can do with a pilot house. You know, the the good thing was is that the pandemic kind of helped us, you know, because now, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, families wanted to do things, but also still be, you know, separated and whatnot, and you know, the whole COVID thing that we all went through. Uh, so they wanted to find other ways to, you know, enjoy each other's time. And that really helped out because, you know, the guys, we all go out fishing, center consoles. That's what it's all about here. Open bows and center consoles. Well, then when you've got the family coming along, you need to have a bathroom. You need to have AC. you got to have all those the amenities that, you know, make them feel comfortable. And that really helped us uh, be able to introduce um, our style of boat into this market. And it be accepted, too. So. Um, you know, that's really the difference. Now, as far as the bigger boats, you know, you get to those sizes, it's, you know, all customer preference, you know, we can build them completely custom. So it's just really what the customer really is looking for, you know, trawler style, lobster style, things of that nature. So that's, that's a, those are all great points. And, and you brought up the whole fuel efficiency uh, piece. And of course, in the boating industry, that's something we have to be paying attention to, not only fuel efficiency, but also, um, you know, how we're going to deal with being in, uh, in an industry where we're heavy users of fossil fuels. And so what do you see in the future for boating? Uh, do you see more electric boating? What do you, what do you see happening um, in the boating industry, uh, you know, around this area of environmental um, issues and challenges that every company is facing today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, customers, uh, you know, they are obviously wanting to see a boat that goes off grid. So, you know, having solar panels, batteries, things of that nature. Uh, so you don't have to really rely on fossil fuels when you're out and about only when you're in route. You know? So, um, you know, I do see that as being, uh, you know, a big demand. Um, obviously, even with our boats too, as well. You know, even though they're fuel efficient, they still want to have the battery uses. They still want to have the uh, solar panels and things of that nature. Um, so yeah. So uh, now, as far as electric uh, uh, boats, I know you know that there's some of them out there on the market. Um, I feel like uh, it, they are going in the right direction. I don't think the technology is really there yet for it to go head to head with uh, fossil fuels to engines. 
Um, you know, and you can only go up, I believe, so far. Obviously, there's concepts out there that are fully electric and they're, you know, 50, 60, 70 feet long. And those are, you know, concepts that they're trying out. But the smaller boats that I've seen, at least at the boat shows, you know, even with the electric engine, you know, their range is only, you know, about maybe 200 miles. And that's if you're, you know, if you're being fuel efficient. But if you're, you know, hammering down the throttle all the time, that, that gets decreased, you know quite a bit and you don't want to be out there in the open water and your battery dies and you can't get back so i feel like a lot of consumers still have that at the top of mind and you know again i think it's moving in the right direction and i know that we'll see more electric uh you know electric boats come into the market and uh, as it gets optimized and better um you know i think it's going to become a really cool uh, thing to see you know um, so yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're you're right. I think it's hybrid is kind of where we're headed now, um, and I, you know I have I have heard about uh, in Europe. It's even I think they've even gotten to the point where a lot of the harbors are requiring that you um, you know you have hi- harbor hybrid to come in so that you can come in on on electric, and then you know once you get out you <laughs> you have to use you know, you have to use other means, but, but I think, I think you're right. I, I mean, I, I would totally agree. And I think, you know, hybrid is kind of the answer and where we're all headed, but it's, it's, um, I think it's a challenge that we all have ahead of us in the boating industry and space. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, it is, it's a safety issue that people can actually get where they need to get to when they need to get to a lot of times, because sometimes you need to get there fast to outrun a storm, as we all know in Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to you you don't want to get caught in those bad storms if you can help it. Um, the best way to deal with them is to prevent being in them. So um, so t- tell me a little bit about, um, you know, as you've gone through this, you said there are four managing partners. So one of the big questions that I get when um, I'm working with entrepreneurial st- entrepreneurship students is, you know, how do I pick a partner? How do I know that this person uh, that I'm considering, uh, you know, moving into this partnership with is going to be the right one? I mean, it's it's a lot like a marriage, right? I mean, you're, you know, sometimes even more trying uh, than, than a marriage. But, um, you know, tell me about your partnership, the decisions around that, how you, how you made that decision and, and what you do maybe as a team to ensure that that the partnership, the, the four of you can work together? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so the partnership kind of happened out of, you know, well, I wouldn't even say necessity. You know, all the partners that are here are, are, are needed to be here. Um, not only do we have <clears throat> all of us invested money, uh, but we have people in place that do specific jobs and roles uh, in order for this to happen, in order for this uh, machine to work. Um, you know, we have somebody over in Poland who takes care of all the logistics and things of that nature. Over here, you know, I'm controlling the marketing, uh, you know, um, expanding our dealer network, contracting. And we have two others that also deal with marketing, the boat shows, warranty work, you know, all the things that we have to, that we we're required to, you know, handle, um, you know, with this company. So. Everyone has a required role and they, they kind of fell into that role. Um, you know, just, you know, it just was kind of a bunch of buddies and we were like, Hey, do we want to do this? All right, let's do this. You know, and, um, it wasn't where we were like searching for partners. It was like, these are the guys 
let's put the money in, let's put the time in, let's put the elbow grease in, uh, and let's see where let's see where it shakes out at. You know, um, now obviously, you know, we you know every part every partnership has disagreements, and you know we work through those disagreements. Obviously, you know, you know we all have our different views on how the company should go and where it should go and how the boats should be, you know, positioned and things of that nature, everything, you know, you, we can get granular with it, but, um, but, you know, it's a great team. Um, you know, obviously the, the growing pain, uh, creates frustrations at times, but at the end of the day, we do all pull together and we get it done. Uh, you know, and that's really the important thing, you know, as, as long as we do that, you know, we may get frustrated, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we make it happen and that's the important thing. And I feel like that's where our team uh, excels in. So, you know, uh, that's, yeah, that's about a, really all about our team and, and what we do and how we do it. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I'm hearing is that each of you brings something important to the table. So you've got some complementary skills and and you've developed some communication skills to to sort out the, as you mentioned, the growing pains. And my guess is you have a similar or at least you've talked about similar vision for where you're headed um, and, and, um, and, and, you know, what that, what that might look like, what that future might look like. So talk to me a little bit about uh, growing pains. So what kinds of, uh, what kinds of challenges, you know, every journey, every entrepreneurial journey has, has challenges uh, if you're going to get to any level of success. So what are some of the challenges that, you faced and, and, uh, you know, maybe even failures along the way and either with this company or one of the other companies you've started. And how have you, how have you dealt with that? How have you, have you managed to, to take that and, and use it and keep moving forward? Yeah. So, you know, this at the beginning, obviously was a very hands-on business still is. Um, and when I mean hands-on, you know, we are the ones picking up the boats at the beginning. We're the ones dropping them off, staging them, getting ready for boat shows, picking them up at the port, bringing them to the dealers. I mean, you know, we were doing all that. We still are. And, you know, in the capacity, obviously we now have a transport company that does a lot of the heavy lifting for us, but when it's still, you know, either we, we hire somebody to do it, to bring a boat to a boat show, or we go do it ourselves. And, if we're in Florida, we might as well go do it ourselves. So, um, you know, just doing everything. Um, and I mean, when I mean everything, that, that includes it, you know, detailing the boat. You know, we didn't know anything coming into it when we first started. You know, we just put a boat in the water at a boat show. And we're like, oh, you can hire people to clean them? Oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. We'll, we'll remember that next time. All right, that's nice. You know, and, and uh, you know, just... Just really that grind, uh, you know, the last two years of just doing it all on your own. Now, there is a downside of that is, you know, not being able, not allowing us to really focus on growth. You know, I feel like maybe that has um, has uh, not stunted our growth, but, you know, it's, it created a slower pace for us to do that. You know, we're getting obviously much better at it. And as we grow, uh, we're able to focus a lot more on obviously the bigger boats where we want to get into. Um, you know, the hundred plus footers, um, we, you know, we see that market, um, kind of being an evergreen market that will never die. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's a market we definitely want to get into. Um, so, and yeah, prevents, uh, provides us challenges too, you know, um, 
we bring boats all the time over that are 30, 40 feet long, but now we're bringing a 70 foot boat over. That's, that requires a little bit more different logistics and, uh, and, uh, executing that. So, you know, everything's a learning, everything's, you know, uh, <clears throat> we're, we're learning constantly every day. And, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the grind was definitely the, the toughest part. And again, like I said, we still do it. I'm down here at the Sarasota boat show and we're, we're getting some boat staged and ready and, uh, so we're still at it, you know, and that's what we have to do in order to, uh, get ahead. And I know, you know, this, and any entrepreneur really knows this, that, you know, that hard work, you know, pays off, you know, that, that focus, that grind, it, you know, you will fail. Obviously we failed a few times, you know, in certain aspects. Um, but failure is all growth. Failure is learning. That's how I see it. You know, um, if you don't fail, you don't learn. And, and that's, uh, that's one thing that I've learned even through all my other companies, you know, the cigar company, it failed, you know, for certain reasons. And, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, promotion company, it didn't really fail. I, uh, I, uh, got stationed somewhere else. So I was just like, see you later, guys. I'm kind of out of this thing. Um, but, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think failure is learning. And without failure, we're probably not able to learn as much. And entrepreneurial journeys are all about learning. I mean, at the end of the day, it, you're learning something new every day. And, uh, and you mentioned the hard work. I think that's, you know, you've got it, it, to be ready for that. I think get your head in the right place if you want to, to start something. So, um, you know, interestingly, you talked about failure and your cigar business. And, you know, a lot of investors that I talk to will only invest in startups where the founder has failed at something because they feel like that's, that's that they've had experience and they've learned. So, uh, you know, in entrepreneurship, a lot of times we, we proudly think of that failure is actually, you know, failing and fail fast. So we don't waste a lot of money <laughs> um, is, is, is a way to get somewhere. Yeah. So, so it's never fun. Uh, it's, and it's never easy and, uh, you know, but it's all, all part of the journey. So, uh, you mentioned, um, you know, COVID and, and, the the impact and, that it had on your business and the opportunity it created. Did, did you all deal with any issues of uh, supply chain issues or manufacturing issues? Cause I know Poland, um, you know, I'm familiar with the, another boat company manufacturing there and I know they were hit pretty hard um, during COVID. So how did you all deal with um, some of those issues or did you have to deal with, with issues along that line? Yeah, every month was a different thing. A different challenge to overcome uh if it was you know uh engine shortage or um railings weren't being delivered so you can't finish the boat so it can't be delivered in the beginning um like i was explaining earlier uh our barrier entry was lowered because we did have supply where you know the demand just shot through the roof so so boats flew off you know the shelves so you know uh orders orders started stacking up very quickly and very quickly you couldn't get a boat until you know a year year's wait time um but we were able to deliver boats you know within a month a uh, month or two so you know that that really uh helped us at least with lowering the barrier entry and really um you know executing on that 
Uh, and what's the second part of your question? I, I, I'm so sorry. I, I. So well, no, just supply chain and oh, and yeah. also COVID and manufacturing in in Poland, even because um, you're manufacturing in Poland, right? Yeah. Is that yes. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so you know, again, in the beginning, we didn't have really supply chain issues until about I'd say a year in, and that's where again every month was something different. Uh, we didn't have fridges to get installed. We didn't have valve thrusters. We didn't have engines. So. You know, we were we were scouring everywhere to, you know, complete these boats. Sometimes we were getting them sent over, uh, partially complete, and we would complete them here uh, because we had, you know, the parts here versus, you know, not at the factory. So it did pro provide some challenges. Uh, I would say we didn't we didn't uh, sell as many boats as we could have. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, now um, going into 2023, um, I feel like our, our supply chain is definitely easing uh, and we're able to, you know, kind of get back on the saddle and, and really push forward, you know. And I was explaining earlier, you don't want to push too fast, you know, and fall, make a mistake or degrade your quality uh, in your customer service. And that was really important for us. So we wanted to make sure that we grew. We grew fast. We grew, you know, at a good pace that allowed us to make sure that we, you know, at the top of mind that we took care of our customers. So, yeah, 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 it, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a rough time. I know uh, for, for all of us, I mean, from, from getting toilet paper at the grocery store to, to companies getting the, the supplies that they needed or the parts and supplies they needed for manufacturing. So along the way, I mean, you've entered into a wide variety of industries from uh, you mentioned cigars and marketing consulting and, and uh, boats and so have you had mentors and role models along the way and and um what, what kind of you know and if so you know what kinds of thoughts do you have for somebody listening who might who might be entering into an industry they don't know a lot about and you know making connections there to help them do you have do you have any thoughts along those lines yeah i would say you know there were tons of mentors at UT, you know, Dr. Moore, Dr. Tremontis, I mean, you, everybody out, out there uh, at the Entrepreneurship Center, you know, really helps uh, and, you know, it really supports, you know, your growth and journey. So, um, you know, I'd say that the mentors there, um, you know, really helped me uh, uh, as far as, you know, building all that. Um, and as far as, you know, somebody getting into something they're not too sure of, um, I would say, you know, take a leap of faith. You know, it, 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 it's, all, it's all a learning, you know, it's all a learning curve. You know, you can learn anything. And that's the thing that the Army taught me. You know, when you're in the Army and you, get, you pick your job, you don't know what you're doing, but you have the aptitude to learn. We know that. So, you know, I take that, that same concept and I, and I kind of just plugged it into all these different opportunities. And I said, hey, I may not know about it. But if I learn enough about it, maybe I can see where I can provide a value, you know, with, you know, these companies. And that's kind of what I've kind of gone off of. And um, it's, it's been working out. Obviously, there's been failures, you know, um, everyone has them. Um, but uh, I, I do take that and, uh, you know, you've got me today and uh, it's been successful. More wins than losses. Yeah. Well, you're right. I think entrepreneurship is all about learning. And uh, if you, if you, let the fact that you don't know something stop you, you're probably never going to, you're never going to do it, right? You're never yeah. going to take off. So you got to, you got to just jump in and, and learn, learn on, learn on the way. 
So um, let's talk a little bit more about about um, Hussar and and what is what's in the future. Like, tell tell us a little about where you're headed. And uh, you mentioned the seventy foot boats and the the goals there. You know, what are what are your strategies for growth and and um, you know maybe even a little bit about how you see this this economy that we're in right now. Um, impacting your strategy. I mean, how are you thinking about this? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great question. So, I mean, the impact on the economy. Obviously, everyone's looking at that. Um, you know, and what we've seen, you know, just in the past, I'd say four to five months, is the smaller boats. Obviously, that market has definitely uh, shriveled up, uh, and to where you know people are, you know, that that market they're more reserved they want to wait for the economy now what we're seeing is you know for the larger boats uh, 30 foot plus um you know we are uh we're not really seeing a downturn on that now we're no marina <laughs> you know um so but we do you know obviously we know marine max is that you know i would say a benchmark in the industry uh to go off of and to see you know where the future is heading um, but for our future, you know, obviously growth, um, you know, and, you know, maximizing our potential within this market and not only this market, but South America as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just grow, growing our dealer network um, and getting bigger boats over here. We, we want to get into those 150 foot plus uh, yachts. And who knows? I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, maybe creating our, or building our own uh, factory over here, uh, you know. Uh, on this side uh, to create those folks. So, you know, right now we're really focused on scaling and, you know, fine tuning the processes that we have in place and just really getting good at that um, to where we feel like we're proficient enough to maybe take those next steps uh, vertically. So are Hussar yachts being sold um, all over the U.S. or just in in this this region, this south, south, uh, south, Eastern region of the U.S. Yeah, we are um, right all over the U.S. Um, we are getting into South America, but still there's a lot of pie to buy off in, in the U.S. market. Um, we also um, deliver to Freedom Boat Club. Um, if uh, our listeners are familiar with that, that is a you know kind of a rental business. It's, one of, it's the largest one here in the United States, uh, and we deliver our 660 weekends over to the West Coast out there. They really love them. Um, so yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Freedom Boat Club is a great way for someone to get into boating that doesn't have the time or even the location maybe to keep a boat behind their house and uh, take care of it. It's a great, great way. It's, it's actually my husband and I did that for a while before we when we first moved to Florida and before we got our boat down here. So it's great. So kudos to you and and Hussar and your team and all the work that you've done. I'm really proud of I'm proud of you. It's it's not easy to enter into the this market, and uh, you know you all taken some good steps. And uh, I know you've still got a lot to learn along the way, but but I'm really proud of what you've done. And and uh, the boats look great. And I, um, you know, I'm excited to see where you're headed. Thank you very much. And again, I appreciate the honor coming on the show and being able to talk with you. And you know. I love it that you're in the industry and we can talk shop and that and your wealth of information. And I love, I love chatting with you about it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's now a new love for me. And so uh, it's, it's incredible to be able to get with you and talk with you about this. 
uh, not only uh, you know with each other, but also to the listeners and to you too. Yeah, well, we really appreciate it. You know, I always end the, the podcast by asking my guests, what's one piece of advice that they would give our listeners? Maybe something you wish you'd known or something you've learned uh, on this entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I would say, don't be scared. Don't be scared to take that leap. Um, you know, you're going to fail a lot in the beginning. Don't be discouraged with that. Especially if you're, you know, uh, if you're trying to do something that, um, pretty big, you know, uh, starting a boat company is, is not small. Um, so, uh, we, you're going to fail a lot of times getting to that point where you want to be. Um, and even for even a small business, you know, we, we, we help small businesses and nonprofits all the time through, uh, Dolomites Consulting. And we see that too. And, you know, I tell my clients, I know it costs a lot of money. I know this is risky, but you got to take that risk. And if you're not going to look for that reward. And so, I would say fail, um, you know, get a good mentor to help you along the way. That's very important. Um, it's having those mentors because, I mean, you need to always be looking up, I feel like. That's looking to know that there's somebody out there who has a more wealth of knowledge than me, and I want, I want to retain that wealth, that knowledge, you know. So the only way to do that is to go out there, get a mentor, and have them help you through your journey. And, you know, again, that's where UT really helped me out with that. And, uh, you know, having those mentors kind of guide me through it. It wasn't where they held my hand, but they guided me through, you know, giving me just to point me in the right direction when I was getting off course, you know, and, and, uh, that really helps, you know, in kind of keeping your focus. So, you know, definitely have a mentor and be risky. Take that leap of faith, you know, and I, I think, I think you, every, yeah, everyone comes out on top. Eventually, if you if you put the work in, you grind grind for it. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but uh, well worth it in the end, hopefully. And so, thank you, Matthew. I really appreciate you joining us. Where can our listeners connect with you, and how can they find out more about Husar? Yeah, absolutely. You can go on husaryachts.com. H-U-S-S-A-R-Y-A-T-C-H-S.com. Um, and yeah, you can find us there or, um, yeah, the numbers there and you can look us up. We're also on Instagram and all the social medias, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can go on there and take a look at our boats and, um, and also take a look at what boat shows we're, we're going to be uh, presenting at. So uh, that's how you can find us. Thank you, Matthew. Really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you very much, Dr. White. I appreciate it as well. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.